0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast The Load Seeders. I'm joined by Josh and Harry. Hello. Hi. And um, Alan's just
1: scrambling quick to close his porn tabs. I am indeed. Anyway, so today we're going to. Why just... he was showing it to us, I've no idea. He was he, very excited. He requested
2: it. <laughs> don't shame the man.
1: No. I'm not
3: shaming it's him. It's honest,
2: honest work.
1: I'm just bringing it up for that reason.
2: <laughs> anyway, no, we don't have any porn.
0: Sad. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no. I bloody hope not. Really? Oh, never mind. So, today we'll be talking about tyranny in the UK. That'll be the porn ban. A peek behind the <laughs> curtain. That'll be a look at porn. And also, the gig economy has gone too far. Some more porn. So, gigging for porn. <laughs> strap yourselves in.
2: <laughs> it's a rough industry to make it.
1: Yeah. Oh, God.
0: It certainly is. But I have a couple of announcements to make. So, the, the serious ones, which is that tomorrow at 3 p.m. UK time, so this is this, we'll be doing a uh, rumble live on the collapse of the. Oh, no, no, we won't. It'll be Carl and Connor, I believe, doing this at 3 p.m. Yes. UK time. They'll be doing a rumble live on the collapse of the Conservative Party. Why would you? Why would
1: you watch this when you can just tune into? Any twenty-four hour news station, you could.
2: It is. It is. The <laughs> but same. this will be better because it's us.
1: I mean, not, not, not to downplay our ourselves or anything. Not to <laughs> you're smack us your down. Your own
2: colleagues but, under the bus. But here. like, this is
1: just like this is just the news.
2: You're glowing, well, Harry. You're... <laughs> just watch mainstream what?
1: media. <laughs> no, no, no. Literally, this is just going to be them. Tuning, <laughs> this is going to be them tuning into a BBC News Getting live paid feed by Sky News. Are we? Oh no, <laughs> I've been caught. Finally, you are right, though. I mean, just look out your window. But
0: um, anyway. Do, Come and check that out. And otherwise, we will be uh, making another announcement, which is uh, the thing I had to load up frantically, which sadly was not pornography. It was instead the website, because um, we have some jobs. So if you go on the website and give it a good old scroll through all those things, you'll find the careers page. Very good videos, there. Uh, There is indeed. some excellent videos. Including Sky News. And you can also see career opportunities. We are hiring a new social media manager. So um, go and read it. Um, if, if, If you want, apply. If you don't want to, don't. If you want the
2: displeasure of working in an office with us, <laughs> we are awful people. Anyway, yes, we are.
0: <laughs> but we really do sell. <laughs> don't watch the stream. Watch Sky News. And don't work. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, well, there's there's plenty of free porn, and there's not. That's that's not a business um offer. It's Not ours. <laughs> it's <laughs> should we should we move should into we, the podcast? We we're better. At... Can we talk about the news? Yeah, we're better yeah. at that than. Um, whatever the fuck this was. So there we are. Let's let's get into the news, shall we? So indeed, we shall.
2: So the UK is not really a stranger to imposing strict laws, and determining what citizens can and can't do. I think we've established that in our, our long run on this podcast. And there's this new sort of rationale that I've noticed over the past few months about how to sort of creep authoritarianism on people. And it's not perhaps a conventional method. It's uh, talking about the safety of children, which actually. We do. And, and is that so, not
0: the conventional method for overreach?
2: Not always, because you, know, you can use the example of you know, when we're talking about material being taught in schools, being too sexually explicit in certain medical interventions, which I can't mention for the clips going out. Um, but those sorts of things, you know, these are genuine concerns about the safety of children. However, I think that this new method is being used as a political cudgel. You know, and they're hitting people over the head. Saying you don't care about the safety of children because you don't support my very specific policy about dealing with this thing in a very specific way. And the main thing I wanted to talk about, which is uh, sort of a hot button topic at the minute, is the vape ban. Um, disposable vapes like these um, are going to be banned. So, in about six months' time, as long as the government has its way, these are now going to be illegal. Me holding this in six months' time, that is a crime that I have committed. And uh, that what we've even,
1: recorded for posterity. Yeah, and they release as well, Owning them will be a crime, or buying them will be a, a crime.
2: I presume buying them is going to be a crime. To still be able to hold on to your little. So, so if you so buy a, them, if you buy a you massive can. hoard, yes. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, John says selling is the crime, which I I thought as much. But here we are. Here's the BBC talking about it, um, and it's just the disposable variant. And the rationale is for children's health. So this raises children some.
1: Supposed to be able to buy them anyway. Yes,
2: yeah, so in in Britain, um, if you are under eighteen, you are not allowed to buy any sort of vaporizer product
1: and anything with nicotine in it. I'd imagine. I
2: think you can get some nicotine things, but not like cigarettes, cigars, vapes. You know the the, the things that they're are trying to make our children weaker. I agree. <laughs> so obviously, I'm not advocating that people start smoking. Um, Quite to the contrary, I think people should stop. However, this seems to be very strange because this is an admission that, well, we have a law against selling these things to children. We're not enforcing it very well, so we're just going to ban them for everyone, which is the thing that I'm taking exception to because I certainly don't think that children should be smoking. That's just not
0: policy, is it?
2: Well, no, it's just like, we failed, so we're just banning it. Banning cars,
0: we're banning all cigarettes. Mm. Uh, I don't know, what else can you ban? Alcohol. Murder, we should ban murder. Kids can get
1: access to murder. That's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Robbery, we should ban robbery. Mm. Yeah, it just... Okay. Because that's what happens. The government bans something and just no one ever gets a hold of it or does it ever again.
2: No, it's not like it creates uh, a criminal underworld, which can, in, in fact, make things worse. For example... If you're concerned about disincentivizing children, making something taboo, making it against the rules, doesn't that make it cooler? You know, remember when you were children, what was cool, things you weren't supposed to do. That's this, right? Surely it's gonna backfire and there's going to be a... They're going to be little... <laughs>
0: that sounded more like an endorsement than anything else. What do you mean? <laughs> Hello, kids. You know what's cool? This. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't point out Josh's double speak. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> Just because I'm planning a black market vape operation <laughs> in the future. I've, I've got a good spot outside of school sorted. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, don't... This will be used as evidence, Josh. I'm not, joking, not by the way. Not the way.
1: crimes we think.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But...
1: Uh, well, I mean... I can, I'll just say to, to Steelman from pointing out what I did that, you know, there are laws against murder and robbery. You know, making things illegal does generally make it more difficult for the average person on the street to get them. But in this case, it's, as far as I could tell, completely unnecessary to do this because we've already got the laws in place to say kids shouldn't get this.
2: Yes. And also, there are other alternatives to this which are more harmful. And are still going to be legal. So if we go to the Mobile NHS phones
1: for children, for instance, that's far more harmful than a vape than, than smoking cigarettes. Perhaps. Yes, <laughs> unironically, I yes. So see, see you're still on that. Not a medical, a- access it's Access to not a social doctor. media. <laughs> access to social media is far worse for children. Cigarettes, Doctor Robinson. Healthy, you know what they should be doing instead of spending all day scrolling TikTok? They should get back in the mines.
2: that's the northerner in you speaking it absolutely is also minecraft is popular therefore they do yearn for the mines but anyway back to the nhs what you know hold in your worship if you're a a british leftist Um, we're going to read the sacred text of the nhs website they even have a holy priest on the banner up there they do indeed and it says vaping to quit smoking nicotine vaping is substantially less harmful than smoking it's also one of the most efficient tools for quitting smoking vaping is not commonly uh, completely harmless sorry and we only recommend it for adult smokers to support quitting smoking and staying quit um, And then it goes on to talk about some of the facts and the research behind them saying this so, so
1: being disposable vapes that they're banning i imagine that those ones that you can get that have the refillable um, tubes of liquid that they'll be still on the market
2: correct yes okay so but the, the thing is here that if adults are trying to quit smoking because children have been using these disposable ones the easiest way of, of, of quitting because we we've actually got some here we've got three of the the most popular brands here it's uh not sponsored no it's not i I just went and picked them up at lunchtime they gave He's me got, the gayest one yes you've got the the lost mary that's an elf bar this is a, a crystal one an s-k-e whatever what they are what are we
1: supposed to do with these then
2: um show them to people these are these are the things that are being banned <laughs> Yes. Yeah. They're not dirty objects. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. It's just the way you said show them to people. It made me laugh. <laughs> well, like I'm um, Tipper Gore talking about like, horrible music in a trial, trying to ban and censor music yeah. in, the, in that U.S. hearing. But the, what's the
0: facts on vaping real quick? Because I don't know. I don't, I don't smoke nitrogen vaping. Well,
2: really the, the, the understanding is that we, it's a lot less harmful than cigarettes. And I think the, the original encouragement to take up these, these sorts of things was to, to discourage people from using cigarettes because they've got things like tar in that aren't good for you, funnily enough. But if little
0: Timmy thinks it's super cool and starts vaping, what damage does it actually do? Because we well understand the damage that if he takes from smoking, he'll do. I and mean, mm-hmm. if nothing else, he just is want it. But what does vaping do?
2: Well, the long-term effects are not as well known as smoking, obviously, because they've been around for, for less time. But the evidence seems to suggest, from what I've read at least, and what the, the, the medical consensus, if, it, if you can believe that, is that they are less harmful. Obviously, not harmless.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to ask. I mean, is it as bad as wearing a gas mask? Because that's not harmless
1: either.
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I, mean, <laughs> I'm I, know, no I... Gas mask, yes expert here
1: I, I know with cigarettes it's not just the smoke that you're getting you're getting obviously the nicotine that's the main reason that you would smoke it but you're also getting all of the chemicals that they pack into the p- tobacco these days and also if you're using a filter um, you will also be inhaling microplastics okay. from from those filters i don't know if that's the same with vapes i wouldn't be shocked if you were also inhaling microplastics from these things but i don't know if the chemicals are the same or as bad
2: if you want to see how bad it is Callum, why don't you give it a go go on live on air
1: yeah, will you join in all right, yeah, sure. Yes. Let's do this. Crash.
0: <laughs> I've never done this before. I don't want to do it either. So <laughs>
2: he's covering his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's it's completely harmless. I, I, there's there's not... no no harm done here.
1: Josh, I'm not giving people
2: footage of me sucking on something <laughs> on the podcast.
1: Okay, okay. It's quite yeah. nice. Yeah, it's it's, lovely. It, I'll give it a it's go. It's quite nice. It's quite fruity. Um, did that really <laughs> affect you that badly?
0: Yes, I wasn't expecting to be that. Um, quick, either. Really? Yeah.
1: What,
2: so, where, uh, what were
1: you expecting?
0: I don't know. We I don't know, smoke. We know we're Callum is a paid like chill from the government. Eating
2: now. porridge yeah.
1: or something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously harmless. Just look at how Callum reacted.
0: <laughs> but that, my, genuinely, like, I'm, I'm not interested. But. Mm-hmm. I don't really get the argument against them, because as far as I'm aware, it's just you get a nicotine addiction, which, you know, isn't great, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst thing in the world. The
2: nicotine isn't the, the worst part in a, a cigarette, for example.
0: Yeah. And then you get some water. So I, I don't really get what the risk is.
1: Well,
2: is it just Because you know, it's the, so
1: tasty
0: the and
2: problem... fruity,
1: you'll get addicted to the fruity goodness. <laughs> no, Why is it fruit? I don't like that either. No, it is kind what of lame. What would you prefer? I want green bean flavour, damn jo- it. John I want it to has, be cigar flavoured. Um, I want it to be broccoli flavoured. <laughs> jo- John has, I think jo- it's- Josh, I've got the perfect
0: thing for you. Oh yeah. Gosh. John has, I think, popcorn. And when we used to drive around everywhere, he'd vape in his car and I'd get surrounded by it. And that was pretty good. <laughs> it, it would it would surround him and gang up on him. The smoke would. No, they did basically hotboxing was you drive. Which... <laughs>
2: that sounds terrible. Uh, mm. That normally has a different connotation other than vaping.
0: Yeah. But it, you know, it just smells like popcorn, so it's like, oh
2: eh, yeah. But anyway, the, the point but I was trying to make... if it
1: smells like sakura grape, then oh no, Callum's yeah. not going to be a happy boy. Yeah, I, I like sweets.
2: The point I was trying to make here was that by getting rid of the disposable ones, you're making people invest money in either actual cigarettes or the, the refillable <laughs> ones, which are a lot more expensive. And... Uh, you've got such a thing as known as the sunk cost fallacy. And this is a phenomenon from behavioral economics, which just happens to be my specialization, Um, whereby if, if, as it says here, individuals commit the sunk cost fallacy when they continue a behavior or endeavor as a result of previously invested resources, time, money, or effort, um, where it would be actually beneficial to stop. And I think smoking is probably that, right? But if you've spent lots of money on, say this really expensive, you know, some of them can be over 100 pounds, refillable vaporizer that looks like um, some sort of weird dystopian technology, then that's not really going to incentivize you to quit. In fact, you feel like you've got to get your money's worth because this is a quirk of um, human nature. It becomes a personality trait. Potentially, yes, I suppose. Whereas
0: if it's disposable, you're saying, you know, bugger it. Worthless.
2: Yeah, yeah and, and so the, the disposable nature of it makes it easier for actual smokers who are looking to quit to quit and that seems to be supported by evidence such as this. Um, this is the Adam Smith Institute, which I think is a, an economics think tank. One would presume with the name Adam Smith, but they did some research in 2022. Um, two million years of life, um, how safer smoking alternatives can level up health and tackle the cost of living crisis. That's a lot of buzzwords. That's uh, that's like a, a fair trade vegan restaurant of buzzwords there, isn't it? But, Basically, their research seemed to indicate that by having vaporizers and like nicotine gum and things like that, two million years of human life will be saved in Britain. But uh, yes, they're going to take that away, at least in part, because children are doing something that's already illegal, which doesn't really make sense, to my mind, anyway. So there is potentially an alternative uh, reason for this. It's somewhere in this BBC article. It mentions um, the following. So it says the bill could be brought in using existing legislation designed to protect the environment, which I find interesting because you thought, you know, protecting the health of children, they would have some sort of legislative precedent, but no. Um, apparently, I think this
0: is the other jump to we need to pass this bill because of environment. I'll be honest.
2: Yes, um, I can
0: see how if you throw well millions of these things away every year. It,
2: so the key thing is they have lithium in, and obviously, um, as you oh, probably Lord, are aware, yeah, yeah, as you're probably aware. There's a bit of a fight for um, lithium supplies at the minute between the West and China because isn't it used in semiconductors? You'll probably know this, Callum.
0: Off the top of my head, I don't remember. But, it, I th- I probably, but it, all the batteries we're building, we all the, all the, I was all the batteries, say, it's yeah, used for like Tesla true. and such.
2: isn't it? That's that's true. So if we're gonna have all of this green energy, um, then we can't have all of the vapes using up all of the lithium.
1: Oh no, Josh! Does it really use that? Much? Look at that
2: article on the bottom right. Found my son's vape stash in the roof. We need this ban. BBC, you've convinced I, me. I'm a bad parent. We need this ban. I read that. Why have they laid it out? I mean, I, uh,
0: like, like it's acid like it's, or dildos or something, It's say, like, okay, it's a vape.
1: It's. Uh, I, I'm worse. sorry. <laughs> An alternative: if your kids are doing that, you could literally buy them a bag of fruit chews. That's what <laughs> they'll be. That's what they're addicted to. They're probably addicted to the taste. That's. I actually read that
2: BBC article that you pointed out, and that is they're talking about how fruity they are, and you know I, I think it's lame personally that they're all fruity, but oh my god, children search for <laughs> sweet tastes. News at nine, I suppose. I know many revelations at Lotus Eaters here, but um, there's also this as well, and this is an announcement from October of last year that. Rishi Sunak is going to create a smoke-free generation by ending cigarette sales to those born after the 1st of January 2009 which I thought was a bit ridiculous really because of course just saying okay if you're born before 2009 if you're born in 2008 you know, go ahead, kill yourself (coughs) 2010 well that's it, different story suicide is now banned
0: if you're born after 2009 Mm -hmm. But this all fundamentally comes down to the question of Should adults be able to do things That they know are bad for them I mean because this logic of i mean, This is the real poison of the NHS Frankly we've mentioned this many times The Americans when they talk about It's all to save money Yeah well as soon as you have a state funded medical system You have a mandate to control Everybody's health and that means Every decision they make Mm -hmm. Which doesn't just stop at tobacco obviously It goes into the food you eat which obviously Americans are
2: very patriotic about. We have a sugar tax in the UK because fat people ruined it for the rest of us and made sweet things more expensive because they can't control what goes in their mouth. But the alternative
0: is you have a private healthcare system which the US isn't the only one. It may be a very bad private one but it's not the only one in the world. And what happens is if you get really fat you pay for it with your money and your life and if you smoke a lot you pay with it with your money and your life and if you don't you don't. Mm -hmm. Like That's actually a, a functional society whereas when we have one in which the government has a mandate to come in and tell us Literally every aspect of our health is to be controlled by them. It's just, what's, worth, what's the point in living? Yes. It's, they, it's, they've got no place they can stop.
2: Mm-hmm. Never mind the fact that, you know, they, they always skirt over alcohol because, you know, it wouldn't be a popular policy if they're just like, you know what, we're going to ban alcohol sales now. But
0: that is obviously next.
1: Yeah, that, mm. that's in the pipeline.
2: But I, I would be very surprised if people would be willing to go along with this sort of prohibition of alcohol. As opposed to vaping because did ma- many hypocrites um, drink alcohol so I don't know but anyway that, that's worth mentioning as well and uh, there's an unlikely hero in this story and that is uh, Liz Truss of all people I never thought I'd agree with her but she said it will create an absurd situation where adults enjoy different rights based on their birth date. And she said... Cons- uh, that's not a particularly good argument. <laughs> well, she carries on to say a conservative <laughs> government should not be seeking to extend the that's nanny people state. People of
1: different ages get different rights. That's Well, as in adults, adults. I know what you mean.
2: But yeah, you, you, you can't really determine, oh, the people beforehand, they, they deserve these rights. Other people, not so much. And she carries on to say, um, this will only give succor to those who wish to ban further choices of which they don't approve. That's fundamentally what we were just saying right and I, I think that is correct it's rare for me to agree with Liz Trust, but here we are and uh, yeah I, I think that all of this is pushing in the same direction the government really wants to control your health they want um, healthy workers that don't cost the uh, the holy NHS any money because they have no vices or life they live to work and uh, they work to live That's what the government wants out of people because that is optimal for the people who pay their salaries, which isn't the taxpayers, it is their donors.
1: Consider as well all of the pushes for banning meat products or trying to reduce people's consumption of meat. Now, I'm not saying that smoking is good for you in the same way (laughs) that having, say, a steak would be, but they are going to use the same... Scientific-backed arguments to make those claims. There is already a number of studies that have been published over decades that suggest that eating red meat, like steak, is bad for you. Now, it, they, they connected to uh, they uh, correlated it with heart disease, for instance. But in those studies themselves, they didn't actually control for the lifestyle of the people they were studying outside Seems of the red meat. Seems pretty fundamental
2: consumption. as a methodological.
1: And so process. it might have just been a blip in the data that the people who were eating more red meat were also leading more unhealthy lives. But that data will still be used to justify this sort of thing. And they will also use it to but justify, even if, well, red meat causing more heart disease, well, that means we need to ban it for the NHS.
0: But even if eating one steak takes one year off your life, I don't care. It's
2: damn worth it. I, yeah, I'll do as I please. and I'll die a happy man if I get to eat a lot of steak.
0: Yeah, if you're just damaging yourself, you're an adult, you get to make the decision for yourself. That's a way of living.
2: I'm, I'm personally not convinced because, you know, meat is the only food group in which you can actually sustain yourself and not have nutrient deficiencies if you eat it solely. Yeah, like you do I'm, that with I've any seen, other food group. That's
0: why I'm saying even if it literally was made of uranium or
2: something. Like, I, I don't really <laughs> care. Like, just I mean, eating that's, that's the, the Chernobyl elephant's foot. Um, <laughs> I, I,
1: I've seen a number of testimo- um, testimonies from people going for the carnivore diet. Now, I've not tried it myself, so I can, can only speak for what I've heard from these people. But a lot of people saying that if you... Move your diet entirely to meat and even just switch to ground beef. For instance, if you want to keep it really, really simple, have all of your meals be ground beef, breakfast, dinner. Sounds a bit boring. It does sound boring, but people do it for health and mental health reasons. That it's actually improved their quality of life, their quality of sleep, their mental health has improved off of the back of it. And you ask yourself, okay, so that's is that why the government want to ban it? Because it makes you Potentially healthier, more independent, yeah, well, to be fair, less of a consumer. We're talking about these. These probably don't make you healthier, but they're not no. doing any
0: real damage that we can point to. Uh, <laughs> well, they, they, that they, we know about. Th- this yeah, is, It's unknown damage.
1: With, with With tobacco and nicotine consumption, there have been some studies put out there that suggest that for a very short scale time, there is a minor increase in testosterone from smoking. <laughs> Right. Oh, it, only lasts, wow. it only lasts for a few hours, but they do suggest <laughs> that. Oh. Did you see him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Josh, your chin grew three sizes.
2: <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, back on to the actual news. Uh, it's worth mentioning Australia's already banned disposable vapes. This was all the way back in November. This was reported on, um, and I think that was meant to start this month in January. And so it seems like there's been a global effort at the same time. It's funny how that keeps on happening, isn't it? That all policies seem to just co-occur in lots of different Western countries. New Zealand at the same time, although
1: they're pulling back on it.
2: Yeah, well, well done New Zealand for actually pulling back, I suppose. And um, it's also worth mentioning this, and this is epitomizing the same underlying philosophy of, we can't solve a problem by making it illegal, you know, because Americans make fun of us, that we get told off for carrying knives and things like that. And that there's gang crime where people stab each other in London. And the government and the police um, have failed to tackle this in an adequate way. And so they're just banning the style of knives and and machetes that they're using. And you know, there's less of a legitimate reason like the zombie knives are just weird. There's no real reason other than you think they look cool for your-
0: The people who don't know what zombie knives are. So they're these big ass knives and then they're stylized to look like the kind of thing you'd have in a zombie apocalypse, right? Walking they look dead. like
2: um, Daedric Swords from Skyrim. I mean, they're I actually, can kind
1: of understand walking around London why you'd want something for the zombie apocalypse.
0: Mm. They're actually worse at killing people, but they do look kind of scary. That's all the gimmick
1: is. So yes. some gang- so they're, they're more built for chopping than stabbing. And- sure, but if you, stabbing it, is if much you get it more, more effective, effective <laughs> for killing people. We're not... The, the point is... I'm not giving people advice. I'm stating facts here, gentlemen.
2: <laughs> the point is that they failed to tackle the problem. And rather than actually coming up with a new strategy to tackle it, they're just going to ban a thing.
1: Well, li- They've listen, failed to stop children vaping. Khan they've said that we can't, we can't arrest our way out of this problem, obviously.
2: So we just need to ban knives altogether. But yes. They can't stop children vaping, so they ban them. They can't stop children stabbing each other, because this is particularly for young people. So they're banning the p- specific knives. You know, we're going to need a license for a butter knife soon enough. And so You uh, can kill
0: someone with a bar knife, so it still doesn't yes. solve
2: it. And also, um, Harry put me onto this one. Um, spot one of the things in this picture that's not like the others. It's... But also, um, these <laughs> are, all of these are still legal to own. Um, these are things that have now. been seized. It's a by, fencing uh, sword. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, well, for those, it's a
2: rapier, isn't it?
1: For those not watching, so this is an, um, a tweet from 2019 from Regents Park Police about a con- weapon sweep And all of the knives that they collected from it. They arrested a chef. Yet one of these (laughs) things, one of these things is not like the others. Because all of the others could be said to at least have a sharp point at the end of them. I see it. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't seen that. There's a rusty spoon. Yeah. <laughs> there is a spoon. So the this police force uh, failed knifey spoony. They'd not played mm-hmm. that one before. They couldn't we, tell the difference. We play the you, game of knife. Pulling a deadly weapon. Oh, on my, me, god. oh my god! Oh my god! I'll have
0: you boys. I'll take you on. Take you. got a Quick! quick. <laughs> so you've lost. That took ah. you ages to get out. It did. Yeah. But you're eyes by that point. But sincerely, I mean... This I guess is... I'll,
1: uh, I'll smoke you
0: to death. <laughs> <laughs> like he's a wasp. hate the flavor. <laughs> right, But this is very much the assault weapons ban argument in the US. Mm. It's like the style of weapon I shall ban. But the thing about the assault weapons ban is it gets to this level. I mean, it is the same argument where we're banning Knifey spoony.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it ends up being... If you're talking about America, it ends up being just a rhetorical trick where they'll name rifles that have been available for decades, which have very specific, limited uses, and they will suddenly be rebranded weapons of war so that your average... These dem- are weapons of war. Yeah, so that your average... Never use a pair of tongs for war. <laughs> your average dem normie will hear that at home who's never even handled a gun before and go, oh my god, I want weapons of war off
2: my street. I want more weapons of war on my street. They'll probably, people behave better, really. Mm. If everybody's got a weapon of war. I wonder why um, rates of assault are so much higher in Britain than America. It's funny that. um, I mean, it always works in Chicago, right? (laughs) Yeah, gun control, it worked there, didn't it? No problem with uh, crime there. But anyway, the point being, all of these are still available. You know, they're not fixing the problem. They're just trying to make themselves look good. That's what it is, I think. As well as um, pushing, increasing control on the population. Or whatever their nefarious agendas are, depending on the domain. And another example of this was the online safety bill, which en- ended, well, threatened to end, there's still a gray area around it, about online encryption and you know, things like WhatsApp, for example, you, know, you have end-to-end encryption, so you can't be spied on. You know, the, the notion that you can talk to someone and the government not stick their nose in and read what you're saying to them is kind of normal. Like if the government were going through all of your letters, it would kind of be a bit weird, wouldn't it? But uh, because it's digital, it's fine. It's what the Soviet Union used to do. It did, yeah. It's just that tyrannical. Mm -hmm. And it is. And again, this is a failure of government policy that has resulted in people losing, you know, normal people, law-abiding people, losing their right to do something because of policy failure. And this seems to be a recurring theme in a lot of these things that the government is just relying on banning stuff because they're rubbish and they can't do things properly. And so they're just like, oh, forget it, just ban it all. And uh, obviously, that's tyrannical. Obviously, I don't agree with that. Obviously, I don't want people smoking or carrying knives around and stabbing people. That goes without saying, but it doesn't mean that the government should ban it either. Fair points. I suppose we'll move on. All right. Give me... You
1: mean, oh, I owe you, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I need I need things. of You go have a mouse mat as well. <laughs> can I have a knife?
2: Alright, I can throw that <laughs> oh. to you as well.
1: Oh, God. Josh, do you want your, your vape back?
2: Not really, but go on. I
1: don't have a use for this. Nice either. guy. There you go.
2: These are really Moorish, actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, let's take a peek behind the curtain, lads. So, what is it? The, what's the one thing that the establishment in Europe and America and basically everywhere else lets you know constantly that they're most terrified of? You?
2: white people yeah me
1: specific. Yeah, just Harry Robinson <laughs> they're That's going and they're having secret board meetings parliament the cabinet right now I think we need to fix this Harry Robinson problem he's becoming too powerful finally someone's addressing it <laughs> <laughs> his hair is getting too long we need mm. to get him a hair pin him down and
2: get a barber quick
1: <laughs> and I say no no you cannot cut my hair this is the strands of golden freedom is this actually what the segment's about? No. Oh. Exactly. No. no, this is not a segment addressing the audience as to why I'm not cutting my hair, all right? I wouldn't do that. If I decide to cut my hair, I'll do it when I'm goddamn ready, okay? Like a free man. Yeah, like a right. free man, like a man of the north. <laughs> so, no, what I'm talking about is populism. Populism being that watchword that people now use to scare normies, as always, saying that democracy is being threatened by populism. It seems to be the thing that everybody in the establishment but isn't is terrified democracy of. Democracy
2: a form of populism?
1: No, because populism no. is giving the people what they're actually voting for, whereas democracy is the exact opposite <laughs> of that. You know how in democracy they say our democracy? Mm. Uh, exchange the word democracy for deep state or international finance, and then you've got what they're actually trying
2: to protect. It is quite funny to say that they're saying my democracy as if they possess it other people are trying to take That's it. which is it. <laughs> which is how it actually functions isn't it as a term
1: yeah and i wanted to examine a part of this which i don't think gets spoken about quite as much now i know that there was a live stream done last night from aa on uh, containment and i don't want it to overlap with that because i'm kind of covering some of the same uh, s- some similar subjects because there is a part of what you could deem the establishment or the mainstream right which does act as a form of containment. And the thing is they tell you about this and they will tell you that what they are trying to avoid by highlighting particular problems that right-wing working class and middle-class people are always bringing up the sort of thing that we talk about, they say out loud that they're only talking about it to try and get it solved so that it avoids people like us voting in populists who might oust them because they are a part of a particular club, they are part of a particular class, the populists are not of their class. They're not necessarily of our class, but they're different. They're a different group, and they don't want to get replaced by that group. They're now, like, as, somebody, uh... as somebody who can empathize with the feeling of not wanting to be replaced, um, you know, I can understand why they're trying so hard to protect themselves in such a way.
2: But these people are normally sort of progressives driving at the speed limit, aren't they? Uh... they?
1: They certainly are, but they are starting to take on more. The, 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 the camouflage is beginning to get better. And a lot of them even are starting to highlight some genuine problems, which I do think that an actual right would start to solve. Uh, And I'll get onto that as we go along. You all right there, Callan? Yeah, I'm just making sure my spoon's okay. Okay, as long as the spoon is safe, all is well. First though, I'll highlight that we've got a new symposium, which I was on with Stelios talking about Humboldt, who was a German political philosopher and also a political statesman uh, around the uh, late 18th, early 19th century. Uh, His book, um, The Limits of State Action, which was very interesting. And while he and I disagreed on a few things, I think overall we had a very interesting and productive discussion that ended on a rather wholesome note, I must say. So I'd really, really recommend you watching that. Subscription on the website, five pound per month. You know the deal. Sign up. And I've just got some examples of what's going on in Europe at the moment, where how populism is always brought up, dredged up, you could say, as the boogeyman. The boogeyman that you at home need to be scared of. You're worried about changing the changes in society and want them fixed. Ooh, you best not want to do that because that'll be populism and populism is scary. You don't want to be replaced by Africans. Ooh, you're a populist, which means that you're a fascist because the people are fascists is essentially the argument that is always being used. You need to have the enlightened expert class to come in and govern everything, yada, yada, yada. This is what's going on in Poland at the moment. I'm sorry to do this to you, Callum. I know that Poland used to be your good example, but... F. Yeah, F's in chat for Poland, boys. So Poland's new leader is hell-bent on restoring democracy, even if it means war with his populist rivals. Now, what do you imagine restoring democracy entails practically?
2: Does it mean loading the institutions with his cronies so that he guarantees his own victory again and again in an unfair way? it's almost like there's a playbook to
1: this whole thing that we see repeated again and again, because you're absolutely right there, Josh. How did I guess? I the, the country's public television channel, TVP, which essentially became a mouthpiece for the previous government, see how it's a mouthpiece, it's a scary thing for the previous mm. government, has been ripped off the air, which is a good thing, because it's done for democracy, the good things. It's bad when bad people do it, and it's good when these guys just decide no. Two senior ex-ministers in the PIS governments have also been arrested inside the presidential palace. And those on the right of Polish politics have taken to the streets in an effort to drum up pressure on the new leader, that being Donald Tusk. An egg-breaking approach to restoring democracy is what this is being characterized as. But weren't the previous
2: government democratically elected? Multiple times, Yes. yes.
1: I've never heard anything bad come from the sorts of people who compare this kind of action to breaking eggs. You know, you
0: know how you just save democracy is you take over the media, arrest the opposition, and also rig the justice system by replacing all the judges with your cronies. Because that's the next thing is okay,
2: done. Joseph Stalin.
1: Yes, but once again, there's more than just local. That being Polish pressure for these kinds of measures to be taken because he's obviously a German plant from the EU. Well, yeah, it says Mm. on the European stage, Tusk will hope to soon unfreeze funds for Poland that were blocked by the European Union over the PIS degradation,
2: degradation of the rule of law. But they were the governing parties. They determined the rule of law. Yes. Once again,
1: when we come in and govern by executive action, that's the rule of law when they do the same thing... They pass it in Parliament. It's popular,
0: and then they enact within the legal system what was voted on. Yeah, but the EU doesn't like it.
1: Yes. Shut up. And that's who's actually pulling the strings. There, we've got more examples. These are all just relatively recent. Politico, populism keeps rattling the globe. Elites have no idea what to do. So the question is, what are they going to do in response to that? Because you are ruled by people who hate you and their corporate interests and they think that you're fascists because you don't want your country to be sunk.
2: Well, I think the elites are probably indifferent to us. Like The journal, journalistic class certainly hates ordinary people, but to call them elite is... I, 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 them I, think if, I, th-
1: I think if the elites had any kind of empathy, sympathy, or any feelings at all towards us that weren't anything but uh, hatred or pure apathy, they wouldn't be so antagonistic towards us. And they wouldn't be trying to replace us in I think our own they nations. Have an
2: attitude of entitlement, don't they? Like we're we're rich and powerful because we're better, basically.
1: Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that. There's an example of this, what I'm talking about with the corporations, is that apparently, according to The Economist recently, Donald Trump's populism is turning off corporate donors. And if we go see here, so the dark blue is corporate donations to the Republican Party. And around 2016 is when they were at the highest. But now it's dropping again to levels before George Bush. So because of the fact that Donald Trump is representing a populist wave in America, I mean, he has been for years now, supposedly, but because of that, the corporations have decided that they don't want to support him anymore. And they say that uh, it's basically because of the fact that they don't like the fact that populism encourages economic protectionism and immigration restriction. And they want to have entirely globalized open markets and they want to be able to replace you with cheap slave wage.
2: It's funny that The Economist, uh, an outlet which would ordinarily complain about corporate money being the determiner of elections, is now saying, oh, well, this is a, a sign that Donald Trump is going to lose. You know, He's doing terribly because he doesn't have all this corporate money backing him. But also it's a sort of um, revealed preference from the corporate money. What a horrific thing to say. I know.
0: There's like the entire actual electoral system relies on corporate money from a few rich americans
1: yes that's an oligarchy that's not a democracy <laughs> it's primarily funneled through super PACs.
2: that's mm. that's true but the, the, if the corporations aren't putting the money in it means that they genuinely believe that trump is going to express populist policies and therefore he can't be bought surely that's a positive indicator
1: and to be fair in the same graphic it shows the democrats are not funded as much by corporations and uh, seem, uh, or at least as part, as much as the Republicans are, they're more funded by labor groups. But let's be honest; most of those labor groups will be another super PAC, similar way to fun, funnel money from elite interests and massive billionaires to these political parties. Some
2: of them are certainly large enough to function in that way, aren't they?
1: Yes, they absolutely are. But the thing is, with populism, is it turns out when you have leaders who are supposedly populist in charge, it's quite good, and people get what they want, and people's lives become easier and more fulfilling, which is why the Financial Times, for instance, has to start asking questions like this. Why hasn't populism done more economic harm? Yeah, That's (laughs) that's a good question. Why hasn't it? Why hasn't closing off (laughs) globalist interests done more harm economically? Why is it that the GDP line probably went down a little bit or just stayed the same level? But people didn't immediately start selling them on the streets because they found themselves in economic ruin. Strange, isn't it? This is a good question. It's, perhaps it's that um, you know making sure that people have jobs and decent wages in those jobs in a local area means that they get to live good lives. But no, according to this article, I'm not going to read any of it, but I, I uh, read through it and the gist of it is basically, oh, it does actually cause economic collapse. It's just that the economic collapse only ever happens after the populists get voted out. Which is why it yeah, looks like me, bro. Which is why it looks like Joe Biden's the one who caused all of this economic damage. J- Donald Trump didn't have to deal with the Ukraine-Russia crisis and all of the sanctions that we were forced at gunpoint by, I don't know, God or something, to put all <laughs> of those sanctions on <laughs> Russia. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's an it's an absolute joke. And then uh, the, the here's another one. The uh, what's the what's the benefit? Why do people vote populist? Well, it's because the maths of right wing populism are easy answers and confidence equals reassuring certainty. This is political posturing, this is sloganeering, this means absolutely I always, nothing. I
0: always kind of hate that. When people are like, You're just providing easy answers. It's like, well, why are your answers so incomprehensibly stupid? Yeah. Well, like the, I'm not I'm not the, for the people providing answer. obviously false things, but you do run into like the block of text or just someone wasting your time just waffling and it's like. I've got nothing out of this. You have nothing. I well, can tell you have
1: nothing. Well, the easy answer is population going up, house prices going up, native population staying same, immigration at record levels.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah like, there, is an easy, there is actually an easy answer. That's exactly that what
0: I mean. Like That's comprehensible. Whereas um, what you will get out of a Tory politician is some blocco text about how lower wages means lower prices,
1: which means you're more wealthy. Trust me. I say, so, what? Inflation. Press <laughs> what, what, anything. Gosh, you'll you'll know this. You'll have internalized this out of sheer rage. What's the mainstream explanation for why inflation happens? Because the easy answer.
2: Don't <laughs> make e- me say it. The Please.
1: easy answer <laughs> is that uh, yeah the, the money printer go brr, and more money means those individual tokens of money are worth less comparatively. What's the mainstream reason that they always give?
2: Well, there have been lots of reasons. Like, I saw an article saying it's your fault for buying expensive things, that's why inflation is high, and, and things like that. It's
0: not I- that the currency supply is inflated,
2: it's that mm. you
1: pay more for things.
2: They, they the go, Oh, um- it's literally in the name. Inflation. What happens
1: is the Bank of England goes, More people are shopping at Marks and Spencer's, print
2: more money, <laughs> print more
1: money. We have to print more money. They need to go else, How- so are they going to buy Marks and Spencer's goods? <laughs>
0: They have to go back to Little, goddammit. So who's more responsible for inflation? The Bank of England
1: or Marks and Spencer's? Hmm. I don't know. And who's got the money printer? <laughs> like. And then even ostensibly, right-wing organizations like the Cato Institute, which is a libertarian-leaning think tank, produce articles like this from 2019 called the Terrifying Rise of Authoritarian Populism. Now, this one's particularly painful. And ironic, given that the Cato Institute was co-founded by Murray Rothbard, who was an out-and-out and and very proud populist yeah, (laughs) who wrote articles about it uh, and how he thought that America needed to take back charge of its borders and how they needed more power in the hands of the people, or at least leaders doing things for the people rather than for their own interests. But the Cato Institute wants you to know that only authoritarians would ever want to do anything. Hang
2: on a minute. The article appeared in September 2019 it's issue of Reason. So they're the bad libertarians. They're the kind that. Oh I don't like. my lord!
1: But from what to address what I was mentioning at the beginning of this segment, you do start to get this shift of the right wing, where the right wing, supposedly the right wing, <laughs> likes to say um, the populism is terrifying as well. And this brings me on to something that I found very disappointing. Now Stelios sent me. This interview from the spectator, Andrew Neal speaking with Christopher Caldwell, who's a member of the Clariment Institute, talking about how immigration and net zero will stir up Europe's populist right. And I thought that this was interesting because it is a somewhat peek behind the curtain of how people in these power structures operate and what they're talking about and why they do the things that they do. Because Christopher Caldwell is an author that I actually quite enjoy, or at least I enjoy one of his books, that being The Age of Entitlement, which is still a book I would recommend anybody to read because it's an examination of America since the 60s, as the subtitle would tell you. And it goes into a lot of the failings of things like the Civil Rights Act, leading to affirmative action, the lowering of standards, the lowering of living standards for Americans, also the failings of the Reagan administration. He points out uh, quite notably, I think in the uh, very first sentence when he starts talking about Reagan, that under Reagan's leadership, the American deficit tripled, which uh, for a small government doesn't sound like small government. You cocked up. Mm. Yeah, you, you co- he also talks about the problem with the uh, Immigration and Nationality Act. I think that was in 86, which gave amnesty to yeah. all of the illegals, which just told other illegals who wanted to come into the country, if you stick around long enough, then eventually you'll get amnesty. I love how that is the immigration equivalent of the purge, which is like all crime
0: that has been committed against this nation's borders, legal.
2: Yep, there you go. Just for one day, you won't do it again. Imagine <laughs> doing that at a smaller scale. Like all home invasion is now legal.
1: It's all forgiven, hardly, hardly. Why? <laughs> because there's just so many home invaders. Yeah, it, it's, it's a, not an argument. It's a, t- no. it's a terrible idea and terrible thing that happened. He also very critical, as I mentioned, of the Civil Rights Act. It says here the book received considerable attention for its chapters addressing the consequences of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Although originally conceived as a one-time corrective to end segregation and racial discrimination, Caldwell argues that the act created an endless imperative for social reengineering at a great cost at the expense of liberty and social cohesion. And he makes that argument very well to the point where people like Oran McIntyre and other people who are on what I would consider to be the actual right wing use this as an excellent starter entry point for people who want to examine those arguments. And it is a very good argument. So the Civil Rights Act says that you have a duty, essentially, to show that you are not racist. It doesn't say that you need to implement quotas or anything, but when you start to throw that into the courts, how is the court going to have any objective measure to prove that you're not racist? Prove that you didn't beat your wife last night, Josh. I don't have a wife. Still. You could have beaten her. Yeah, you could have beaten her, though. (laughs) You're going to need proof. Uh, You don't have a wife because you beat her to death. (laughs) (laughs) So as a company... You got me. (laughs) As a company, how do you have proof that you're not racist. Well, you say, well, we don't have discriminatory hiring practices. But then they go, ah, but your staff is almost entirely white. How does that happen if you're not discriminating? So then you. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's how the judges and the courts worked. So that ends up adding in a lot of legislation and a lot of court decisions that essentially mandate quotas for affirmative action, which inevitably means that they have to end up lowering standards because, well, we're not biased in our hiring practices right now. And we've ended up almost all entirely white and Asian. So I guess we'll have to lower those standards if we want to be able to get people in who aren't white and Asian. That's how it happened. It's a very interesting book. And this really disappointed me in this, article, in this interview because of the way that he's talking about um, populism and the discussions in Europe to do with populism, with Andrew Neil, who we all know is a traitor. Yeah. A- anyway, but the arguments he was making in Age of Entitlement were very populist. But then when you start to see the way he discusses problems like this, you begin to realize what's going on. It's similar. It, it, essentially, the book, as I can tell, is he's still talking from within the ruling classes, within the institutions like the Paramount Institute of the ruling classes. What it's saying to, is to other people within his elite strata, we're screwing up here and people are starting to notice. So we need to fix this before we get kicked out. That's what all of this is to do. And uh, let's see some examples. And this is when they're talking about immigration into Europe and problems that it's created in places like France.
3: And Christopher, Andrew mentions Macron. Of course, Macron actually did team up with the pen recently when it came to his plans on immigration because he needed the support. How much of this do you think is being driven on the continent by concerns over immigration? Do you think that is the main push? It's a very interesting thing because... Immigration is really not at its peak now, either in the short term or in the broad picture of things. We're in the winter now. There are fewer boats coming across from um, from Africa, and we're not even really having a major push the way we did in twenty fifteen. But everyone's thinking about it, and it's kind of interesting that in France in November. There was a stabbing in, uh, in the Drôme, which is down in southeastern France, sort of near Grenoble. Uh, the kids who did the stabbing were, were all French, but they were of migrant background. And there was something about the incident that really got people hyped up about migration. The issue is big. I think there's no question about it.
2: That's probably because multiple sources said that they were saying it in Arabic and also one of them said, we're here to kill white people and they just turned up to this event in a small village and indiscriminately started trying to stab people. That's probably what got under people's skin.
1: Well, well, note the complete disconnected language that he was using. They were French, but of migrant origin. So they They weren't weren't French.
2: French. No, of course they weren't. And speaking
1: about it like it's one isolated incident
2: and it's
0: not. Yeah, it's, they've had stabbings the
2: constantly. Yeah. They speak so such good Arabic. It's, mm. it's the best. Even well, in, in North Africa, sorry. Um, uh, uh, even in North Africa, you know, they're, they're colonies of, of the Muslim-speaking world. They speak French. So, just saying.
1: Yeah, so that really disappointed me because I would expect somebody who wrote such an excellent and piercing book on the subject of what was going on in America would at least interject that this is a terrible thing that happened and said so what it gives me the impression of as i mentioned is that this interview is so that people who are in parliament or in positions of political power who check out the spectator people who have not been paying attention for the yeah, last 10 years not been paying attention <laughs> go oh wow we should fix that before people vote populists in And you can see the the exact line of reasoning from Andrew Neil here. I think this is a very telling clip as to why exactly it is that the establishment don't want populists in.
4: I'm more concerned, though, that this rise in right-wing populism is really serious and bad news for Europe. And it's not for the normal reasons. Uh, People tend to talk about right-wing populists as just they're a bit more right-wing than the mainstream right. But that's not the way to see it. They stand for things entirely different than the mainstream right. Now, you look at Europe, which in my view is a continent in real trouble and a continent in serious decline. The European Union's economy, uh, even without Britain, used to be the same size as the United States. Now, it's a fraction of the United States. Europe is in economic decline. It has a revanchist Russia uh, already causing mayhem in the Ukraine. And who knows if it is allowed to win there, where it will go from there. At heart in Europe, you have a problem of governments are too big, taxation is too high, and regulation is omnipresent. So let's just take the economic circumstances of Europe at the moment, and the problem with Russia and Mr. Putin. What did the right-wing populists bring to that? Well, first of all, They're big government people. They ain't Ronald Reagan or Margaret Thatcher. They believe in big government. Indeed, if you take Madame Le Pen in France, her economic policies are not that different from Mr. Mélenchon, who is the Jeremy Corbyn of France. They believe in big government. They believe in government intervention. They believe in government control of industry. They believe in protectionism. They do not believe in markets or Jeffersonian type uh, limited government or taxation. So that doesn't help Europe to move down that road. And then you take the second thing. You would sometimes think, as was the case in the old days in America, where it was, say, Ronald Reagan versus uh, Jerry Ford, two Republicans. Reagan was the more right wing and therefore the more hard line against Russia in the Cold War. That's not true with this populist, right? They like President Putin. They've got a soft spot for the Kremlin. They repeat Kremlin talking points. Uh, when they appear, look at Mrs. Maloney's party. The she has not gone down that road. Madame Le Pen had one of her election campaigns bankrolled by pro Putin uh, banks. So if you take the two big threats what? that Europe faces one, Weird, Russia, it? the second, a declining economy, a sclerotic uh, economy the populist right can only make them worse.
1: I don't think she's. Would a you agree with thing. that? I think uh, if, we
0: pause, if we pause that. It, sorry, but um, literally um, with nothing he said maps onto reality. The mm. idea that we're living 50 years ago, we're not. There's been 50 years since
1: the 70s. And <laughs> Great observation. Well, Andrew Neil, well, I'm sorry, but Andrew that's what he's is missing. Old enough, he, may not, he may not remember that anymore. Yeah,
0: so he's sitting there being like, oh man, they're not free marketeers like the
2: mainstream, right?
1: You live in Britain. We do not have some low tax,
0: low intervention, free market system. What are you talking about?
2: We basically live in a socialist
0: state. We have the highest taxes mind. since Zivor. I mean, the, the level of regulation is so unattractive most companies set up in Ireland or anywhere else if they can help it. No one invests in this country if you make money in this country. You invest internationally. But there's just nothing you say has any mapping on to where you live. Never mind some abstract place you're thinking of. You live in this place
1: and well, don't know where you live. Well, it, I, I think one of the things to take away from that is that he clearly sees that the populist right is outside of his class and, ha- class and has different interests to him. The old right that he appreciated, like Reagan's right, despite the fact that he says, oh, Reagan was so small government, he's speaking to the guy who wrote a book that mentions how government exploded the deficit of the government. He never actually calls him out on that one, by the way, as, as the interview goes on. Um, what, they, what they value is international markets and international wars. We need to be aggressive internationally, both financially and militarily, whereas the populist right Supposedly, are saying we need to have more closed markets, which you may disagree with, Josh. But it depends there's, there's on some the variety, There's yeah. some variety in opinion there, and they also need to be a little bit more isolationist. We shouldn't be going out and doing military interventions in the Middle East or in what Eastern we, Europe. What are we, or are we getting out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what if do we, we getting nothing. Well, no. What are we it, getting out of it? So, so it's this fundamental shift in priority. That they don't want because they know that it's so different to them, they don't have a place in that order anymore, which is why that fundamental difference, I think you're right on the
0: money, is is it in our interest? That's both of those questions there. Whereas the populist right asks that question, and then if it's not, say, well, bugger off then.
1: That question isn't even asked by his worldview. Well, it, it is, but his interests are opposed to the interests of the man on the street, like you or I. Whereas the populists, at least, sympathize with the man on the street and want to make life a bit better for him. And uh, the interesting thing as well is that this was all for Spectator and it's worth noting here that Spectator is currently edited, I believe, by Fraser Nelson. And uh, if we go out of this video clip, John, and go to what I've got next on the links. have to Oh, am I going to? Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 wait. Oh, God. Here. Oh, God. <laughs> We're very professional here if we go to the next link so kunli drukpa posted this in, uh, back in i think it was december yeah when uh, fraser nelson was saying about how we shouldn't restrict immigration because it means that we're think of all of the concert pianists that we might be kicking out of the country it's interesting to note that back in 2017 he conducted he was uh, he, he had this interview where he just said this outright about essentially containment techniques what's
5: so the, her ex, her experience so far of her short premiership is if you go if you persuade people that you're listening to what they have to say that you don't reject their concerns as being bigoted or xenophobic that if you talk in a language that is more that is more in common with neglected voters than it is with the metropolitan fashionable elites mm-hmm. then that goes a long way you don't have to come up with policies you know banning immigrants or anything like that. All you need to do is to basically say to people, I hear your concerns. I mean, let's look at David Cameron. He actually, I think, did, did quite a good job here as well. He was Nobody expected him to win a majority in 2015, but he did. And um, he had a policy of cutting immigration by two thirds. Now, he completely failed in that target, but the fact that he had that target counted for a lot, because it meant people thought at least he wanted to control immigration.
1: Lie. There, there you go. Mm. Literally, that's what he's saying is just lie. Pretend like you care about people's issues and then do what you are going to do anyway. I mean, fantastic. And uh, that's one of the ways that they are, um, they are kind of containing the populism that's been rising up in Europe recently. We'll see how people like Gert Wilders and others go. But the fact is that some of these people who, over the past few years, were presented to us as being the rise of the new fascism, the new populism in Europe, they're going to. Kick all of the foreigners out. They're going to close all of their borders and their markets. It's going to be just like 1933 all over again. Were, whether through the European Union or other ways or other means, uh, were contained masterfully. Maloney, instead of actually doing the things that she said, is instead gone to the Shoah Museum on Holocaust Remembrance Day and complained about Nazi fascist evil. This was the woman who was sold as the uh, heir to Mussolini's throne who was going to put military blockades on the uh, Mediterranean Sea. Instead of doing that, she's um, signaling her anti-fascism.
0: But she, yeah, she didn't turn out to be the Nazi everyone said she was. But, but she uh, also didn't turn out to be useful, really. There's the, only a, the more fundamental point being that her main campaign was stopping illegal immigration. And I believe recently she said that she's going to increase
1: legal immigration and do nothing about illegal. Well, that, that was pointless then. I think it's uh, something ridiculous like 835,000 new immigrants needed in Italy to fill up jobs vacancies in, she, by 2025. She went from, yeah, maybe we
0: shouldn't be invaded by people coming here illegally, to, well, more immigrants equals more goods within six months.
1: Fantastic. And then we also have Marine Le Pen, another new Hitler-in-waiting we were told for years uh, saying that, actually, I can't support the AFD anymore because they suggested that maybe we shouldn't have all of this foreign population in Germany who are actively hostile to us. That's well, they too were, far.
0: They're literally chanting death to the Jews. That's that's what they're talking about here. Well, that's too far.
1: That's too far. You need those people in your society. They're productive members of society, Callum, and if you want to get rid of them, uh, you're a populist, which means that you're um, the reincarnation of Hitler. <laughs> Just- <laughs> so... I don't know what we're going to do about this. I can hope that the people who have been voted into quite a few places in Europe recently, like Goethe Wilders, I can hope that they're going to end up doing something that will be positive for Europe as a whole. Um, but we'll just have to see because these things can easily happen. And also be, a, be aware of the people that you're reading the books of. Even if the book is very good, it might be that they wrote it for an audience that isn't you. All righty. Well, no, we'll move on. Try and have some fun. We don't have noise. fun here. I have fun. All I do is fun. We watch Andrew Neil in and his disgusting ass chin. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you, you had to have noticed that,
2: Josh. I was mainly focused on the nose, to be honest.
5: Yeah,
2: Highbrow political that's, commentary that's here.
1: bulky nose, isn't it? Right.
2: <laughs> no comment.
0: Anyway, um, I'm here to tell everyone that the gig economy has gone far too far, and I'm not just talking about. Zero hours contracts Or people working illegally Off the big gig economy And everything else No 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 I'm here to talk about Serious gig economy The gig economy That is the police force (laughs) Which I didn't know Was a gig economy But apparently Has become one So this is a a video clip Of what is an Unpaid volunteer officer Be
1: honest Did you know This was a thing? No I Um... mean I'm, I'm sorry Even if she was Full time Paid officer She is a small Unthreatening woman She's not going to be able to uh, protect us from the abdals. Uh, Sure,
0: we're not getting onto that, though, today. We're looking instead at just... I I didn't know this was a gig you could get. But this uh, clip that's gone viral about this woman is she's standing here shouting at um, a lady who wants to sing church songs or busking or something. And so she comes up and is insistent that you're not allowed to sing church songs outside of church grounds, which isn't the law. Doesn't make any bloody sense. And who the hell are you? Is she trying to suggest it's a public order offense or something? It's really weird. I don't have time to play the whole thing now, but she's literally just arguing in a uh, foreign accent, which, huh? Okay. Like a very strong foreign accent is just just a a recent foreigner. She's Bulgarian. Mm. Oh. So this Bulgarian unpaid volunteer officer is dictating to people the laws of England. That, are, that don't exist. <laughs> Bulgarian
1: up her woman head. comes to England, immediately pray, uh, plays dress-up. Yeah. That's what we've got here. We've got a foreigner playing dress-up, telling Englishmen what to do. And, and at the end of it,
0: it's also just stupid, because the person filming, she then just does that The person filming. Um, it's completely unprofessional, <laughs> an embarrassment. The whole thing's just an embarrassment. That's so. the kind of professionalism mm. we expect from our officers in England. So this was weird, to say the least. And the response... You know, I will play it. Why not? It's only thirty seconds. Let's enjoy this.
3: To do anywhere, no miss. You're not allowed you are, to sing ch- songs, are, church songs outside of church grounds. By no. the way, you're not allowed to sing church songs no, no, no. Outside, outside of church or church songs or a church grounds. That's fine. You're not allowed. To, that's fine, that's you're why not why allowed she just said you're not allowed to sing church songs outside of church. Our church of, outside of church grounds, unless you have uh, unless that's a unless you've been authorized
1: by the church. to do
2: this kind of song. Just doesn't anything. What does that even mean? You've got to get church authorization <laughs> To sing outside of the church
0: Because don't you know church songs belong to the church <laughs> Okay, it bollocks You All do Christmas caroling,
2: bollocks. you're going to get arrested That's yeah. it now
0: And um, well, the police started getting mocked for this Because what, what is this? I didn't even know unpaid Volunteer officers were a thing Because why would you do that? Why, why not make unpaid volunteer Servicemen just I'm an unpaid uh, member of the military. I, I kill people as an unpaid basis. There's a couple of benefits in it, so that's why I do it. It's... No, like policing is actually a serious business. As in, there's something we actually take seriously because it's the enforcement of the laws and fair
1: dealings between the citizens and the state. But now, nah, just, just any old twat <laughs> if you're bored i mean I, I don't have as much of a problem with it you get people like volunteer firefighters so i don't see it as being that different from it but this well there are strong standards there well i i would hope that there's you strong might. that i would hope that there is <laughs> st- strong standards in the police but even when they're being paid there aren't strong standards so this is all just a symptom of decline it is it is indeed and uh, the police got very upset because people started taking the piss out of them
0: because <laughs> as you can see here that was the original post and underneath The police are like, this was filmed over the weekend. We understand people were concerned. And then uh, at the end of it, they just write, we're aware of significant social media commentary. Hello. Some of the comments are personal and hurtful.
1: This is unacceptable.
2: Boo hoo. All right. So you have the power to arrest people at will. Shut up. That's right.
1: You watching from home, you made a social media manager for the Metropolitan Police cry in the bathroom on her lunch break. So, yeah. Honestly, good job.
0: You wouldn't hurt a police officer on the internet,
1: would you? You wouldn't make a police officer cry, would you? Social media commentary is hurt. I need Gene Hunt to be introduced into this situation. And I want to see what
0: happens. What's wrong with Gene Hunt? He's smashing in a nonce. Good on him. Whereas, no, we get uh, volunteer police, police officer. Police not see that, Stan. He's hit by on the internet. Why are they hurtful? Why why are people online making personal and hurtful comments to your volunteer, truth hurts, I don't know, child? Well, it's because they just made up the law, tried to enforce a law that doesn't exist, which is tyranny and unlawful. So yeah, this is kind of the problem. Like Policing is serious business for this reason, which is you actually have to have the training and the understanding of the job. Because if you cock it up, this isn't just like getting given the wrong kind of carrier bag. This is actually a serious situation where people need to know the laws, and if they're unlawfully arrested, well, they will sue the police.
2: Even the uh, the police officers that are qualified still get the law wrong quite often. And yeah, we see that all the time in the job that we do, right?
1: I mean, let's 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 be fair. There is a ridiculous and unworkable number of contradictory laws in the mm-hmm. UK. So really, you need to go through with just a not even a surgical tool, just with a chainsaw and tear up most of the laws. Channeling a- your
0: inner melee there. There is a quite wonderful thing you can do, though, if you're a police officer struggling with that, which is um, his telephone. And you can look up the legislation. You don't mm-hmm. have to carry around 400 billion pages, as you rightly say, which is a burden.
2: I saw you putting your phone on silent there.
0: Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so people, um, obviously, immediately, you can see by the comments, look at those numbers. <laughs> it just took the
1: that's a hell of a
0: ratio. Get a sport job or another job. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Police is, officer was nonsense. Uh,
1: is, is the Met account monetized or something? <laughs> is that why they're trying to get so much traffic? They have got. They don't have one of those.
0: Oh no, they do have one of those proper verification mm. badges? Maybe they aren't making money off this. But yeah, clowns, uh, gifts, butt hurt report. Fill it in <laughs> at your pleasure. You could put in, "I want my mummy." If you'd need, I, uh, anyway. I saw
2: your face there, Callum.
0: It goes on and on. Just people being like. Hey, Look at you! Look at the state of you.
2: <laughs> it sounds like you're talking to that toddler on the screen. <laughs> That's what the toddler's saying to so the police officer. Bullying like, oh. toddlers now, Callum. If you stoop to that low, oh, I will teach them a lesson. Anyway, <laughs> Callum's forcing them to smoke vapes. <laughs> it's finally picking on someone its own
0: size. That's the drug salesman over here. <laughs> anyway, moving on because they they got they got mocked, of course. And um, so I thought I'd go and check out why were the police upset exactly. And of course, there's the various comments under here. But so I went and had a look for those vicious personal comments that were made. About the lady, it was just crap like this. It was just memes. I checked out every quote tweet. All of it was just people posting memes like this. Stuart Lee bit, isn't it?
1: I've I've seen this, and Stuart Mm. Lee is making fun in this of the person saying such a ridiculous thing. But sorry, Stuart, you live in England.
0: Yeah, so this is what this country is like. So Stuart Lee here was playing a joke of like, oh, people who are right wing will say crap like these days. You'll get uh, if you sing a hymn, you'll be arrested and thrown in jail.
1: Well, okay. Well, we've got the video. If you say that you're British <laughs> these days, you'll be arrested and thrown in jail. That's the actual thing
0: he says, isn't it? But it's uh, well, I mean, it keeps happening. It's true. <laughs> so, what do you want? Um, or it was people who were angry. Well, Nick Dixon here was just like, "You want people to sign up to die for this when this is this is your police force?" Yeah, no, thanks. Um, so do you want to guess what kind of gig um she does? Because well, she's a Costa. She's a Costa barista. Oh, it's been hidden for being sensitive. Let's have a look. There we are not very sensitive
2: <laughs> do you know it's illegal to make coffee at between the hours of 11 and like 15
0: <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a
2: coffee
0: barista and then doing a bit I did of it lighting. for a while I was at uni this isn't a dig to be perfectly
2: clear in case there's mm. someone who doesn't get that coffee is an essential good
0: yeah like she's got a job I'm sure she's great at making coffee she's crap as a police officer I, I don't think that's <laughs>
1: controversial <laughs> Oh, everyone's just, good at they, everything. Uh, were they just walking around, you know, two officers going, oh, we've got shortage at the moment, lads? And they walk into Costa and she overhears. Mm. Basically, it seems
2: so. I mean, hate hymns? Well, you can join the Met Police.
1: Because I, I didn't know this was a thing. I mean, and
0: it goes on. I mean, this is the Daily Mail, who, in case you think I'm, I'm being low or something, this thing, this article here, is just a gossip rag for the longest time of, of loads of text, just talking about her life. I don't really care about her life. I, I, what, what was, Daily Mail? Yeah, I mean, they talk about like the holidays she's been on and how she's been to Egypt, don't you know? Like
1: that's
2: that's I, almost it. Almost feels a bit perverse. You, mean, you know, I yeah. don't agree with what she did, but I don't. I know mean, where to she's be fair, there is,
1: there is a question: How the hell is she working a Costa job, living in London, volunteering unpaid, and then affording a holiday?
0: Well, I can tell you some of it, which is uh, turns out it's not that unpaid. Oh, so it's uh, you don't get any money, but what you do get is a bunch of benefits, and as they're right here. I mean, the first one's obviously the kind of bollocks they put on every job: transferable skills. Shut up <laughs>
2: It means nothing I... Aren't most skills Transferable
0: Yeah I don't know about you boys I've, I've, I'm bored of reading that On jobs Where it's like Hey if you apply for this job You'll
1: get some transferable skills you're, you're, You'll I have to my... do things And those things you do Might have Ugh. Other applicable situations In the future Oh my god You will learn Social skills I,
0: I Callum never asked already. For
1: social skills And he never That's wanted them That's a deal them. breaker
0: Didn't want them <laughs> And you wasted my time <laughs> So Anyway but the uh, actual benefits—the things that are worth a damn—as you can see here, all Met Special Constables are entitled to free travel on the London's Tube, buses, District. Uh, well, oh, what does that stand for again? The DLR. It's the DLR. Whatever. It's basically the trains, but shit. Uh, Tramlink, Emirates Airline cable car. Yeah. What? what? <laughs> <A little> car? <laughs> yeah. You want to want to get on that one cable car in London? It's free. Uh, river bus. River services. bus. So it just want... sounds like
2: they're making stuff up now.
0: <laughs> These are actual real forms of transport in London. If you haven't been, the river you bus. To, you thing. get
2: to have free rides on the sky bicycle,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the magic carpet. That's it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> plenty of those in London.
0: But basically, if you do 200 hours of duty, so that's two shifts per month you get free travel across London, which is not a small deal. That's, That'll save you a lot of money. Very expensive. So no wonder you've got Costa Baristas signing up for this. Yeah, because I mean, she gives up two shifts a month, so that's a weekend, a month. She gets that, which is huge. That's not small. It's actually quite a big deal. If you live in London, that's massive. Not to mention, you then get discounts on goods and services for being a, a member of the Met uh, Yeah, you get
2: blue light discount, don't you? Yeah,
0: and then they list the Met Friendly Society, which offers financial services and savings for Met officers. I took a look at that. It's mostly crap, to be honest. You can get the same offers if, as a civilian, so that's kind of pointless. But either way, it's, it's not that volunteerish. You actually do get significant benefits, and that, that travel one ain't small, to say the least. So there we are. That's probably how she affords the holidays whilst being a, a London barista. I'm, I wasn't
1: expecting my question to be answered, but thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. But the, the horrific aspect of that, obviously, being why, why would a foreign person from Bulgaria just turn up in London and be made to be on the front lines of policing?
1: I know. I should be like just policing the natives. Yeah. If, if I went to, if I went to <laughs> Bulgaria and thought the first thing I need to do is police the natives, people would accuse me of colonialism. You there? Oh, do wouldn't. you they'd have a?
0: Beat you
2: with a stick. Do you have a license for that donkey cart?
1: <laughs> yeah, and they, but they just
0: won't take notice in Bulgaria mm. for honest, Because mm. they they'll be like, English, go away. And you're
1: like, well, I've got a warrant card. And
0: I don't care. Bulgarian. <laughs>
1: like, well, I think there would be something uh, like quite romantic about just going to a foreign country and asserting my own laws above theirs.
2: That's but, the colonialist that, in you speaking, that's, Harry. That's,
1: that's the eternal Anglo in me <laughs> speaking. The thing is that... Um, you
2: long for India.
1: We, cool. don't, we don't have the opportunity to do that anymore. So, Unless, of course, you're a foreigner <laughs> coming over here. There is one more
0: benefit, which is a, a 50% rebate on your council tax. That's quite good. That's very good. In London as well. Yeah. So there we are. It's not that volunteer. Um, well, you would have thought, okay, well, it would require some training to be on the front line of policing oh, in London. No. It's, it's not significant. As you can see, some basic training on verbal communication. Well, clearly not. She failed that one. Conducting an arrest. I mean, that's not
1: that deep. Conducting stop and search. And then some other basic stuff. And she didn't even really... Display any of those skills anyway. She didn't actually no. arrest anyone. She didn't stop and search. Professional circle.
2: standards. No communication was terrible. No. Poking your tongue out is in the actual police handbook. Um. Don't do it. It's an
1: <laughs> it's expert <laughs> technique. Only the yeah. masters are allowed. Decision making
0: failed. Uh, just it, it's not significant. Is my point. I mean, the the standards for policing are kind of wacko anyway. Like they've been getting weirder and weirder. I think, weren't we having a debate? I think they may have passed this. You need to have a university degree.
2: That's true, yeah. You're a full-time
0: friend police of, officer? Uh, a
1: police friend of mine does, yeah. Whereas you don't have to be six foot. Mm-hmm.
2: It's, it's an I mean, actual requirement. Is... If you're a frontline police officer, you've got to have been to university, and therefore it selects for the kind of person that applies, meaning yeah. they've been through the, uh, the leftist brainwashing machine.
0: Because it used to be you had to be six foot, and the, and the uniform made you look like a superhero,
1: frankly. <laughs> and now it's
0: this. Okay. Uh, thanks, John.
3: thanks
2: for the fact check, John. There if you are. didn't hear that, John Sorry. said Suella Braveman abolished that.
1: So Callum, I know that, you're, I know that you're not the tallest man in the world, but do you literally see a man over six foot tall wearing a bobby outfit and a hat and you look up and you go, wow, Superman, wow. I'll rephrase it. Does a Pakistani man look at
0: the six foot Anglo in his cloak and, and dark <laughs> uniform? Oh,
2: We don't have a cloak, do we? <laughs> Police police officer, you pre- yeah. Now you're That's presenting cool. it
1: like that. Once again, we need to we need to inject some romance back into these. Yeah. things No more high vis. Get the police their cloaks back. Well, if I'm a I'll Pakistani job drug dealer,
0: mm. you know, there's that, and then there's you know this lady. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but uh, I, I, you can you can, well, use your eyes unless you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are but um, yeah no the country is a meme I mean I, I love I'm just going to end this off on the fact that the whole country is a meme because a lot of the responses in there were a lot of Americans <laughs> because what else do you want to do when you see something from Britain on social media so I'll end this off with this which is another laugh and I'm sure the American audience will enjoy so here we are this is a, a national, that's it this is a national careers opportunity that's it for an astronaut astronaut position to work for the UK government because obviously that's a, a, a government position that makes me
2: feel a little bit better
0: Yep. Still earning more than me. Starting salary for a British astronaut, obviously, be working with the European Space Agency, is 40 grand. The requirements are quite hard. You have to have a master's degree um, in a specialist subject like physics or whatnot. I would imagine an excellent level of physical fitness as well. That yep. rules me out. And you will get uh, 40 grand starting. and go up to
1: 86,000 pounds. That's it. You've got a definite ceiling <coughs> as an astronaut. The, the, I, I love the bit we'll get back to. Do that. you want to give up your entire life and spend months <laughs> of time in space for that? Yeah. So
0: um, the details in here are just all hordes of Americans just being like, what? Really? Like, this, this is how you live? This is how, <laughs> this
1: is how poor this country is now.
0: Yeah, I do love, um, this is the best one. <sighs> you could work uh, evenings, weekends, bank holidays away
1: from home. <laughs> away, <laughs> far from home. And, uh, uh, this is, to, to, to highlight, this is in a country where, as you have pointed out a number of times, there are positions going in NHS trusts for diversity management. Ugh. Where they can get paid up to two hundred and fifty thousand pounds.
0: The BBC was getting paid two hundred fifty grand. Yeah, that
1: was it. Two hundred fifty grand. Still my tax money.
0: Yeah. So um, hoard of this is just Americans taking the piss out of us. Which um, well I agree with you. And the thing is, you can click on the link and then go to it as well. It's there. And so I also love like, what does it take? And they go on to talk about how you'll be working away from home. And it's like, can <laughs> I just be <laughs> <on>. shot into <laughs> space without
2: a spacesuit at this point? Get <laughs> it? Just do me in. Yeah,
0: um, there were some nice Wojak reacts to this. It's like, candidate must have a STEM postgrad, US dual citizenship, speak Russian, <laughs> and be between the ages of 27 and 37. Starting salary, 40 grand. There you are. <laughs> yeah. That that Russian part is true as well because um, they, they want you to be able to interact with the Russian side of the space station. So there's that. And um, again, under this, it's just horde of Americans being like, are you serious? Like, are you actually serious? This is the starting salary for graduates in the US. And then they're like, yeah. Yeah, so we'll go and check out NASA because they have their own page on payment. For a point of comparison, in case you're wondering if I'm being a bit exaggerating here, and um, I forget where exactly it is on here, the payment section. There we are. Starting salaries, current wages are between 141,000 US dollars, 183,000 US dollars for an astronaut.
2: That the sounds conversion a for lot you. more worth it.
0: Yeah, um, might be worth giving up your life <laughs> instead of your 40 grand starting salary of a cash not which um, so it's
2: £110,000 yeah the lowest bound at least
0: and you will be paying lower taxes because you're American Uh, if you situate yourself in a lovely place like Texas or Florida even better off but there we are that's um, the UK it is a joke for good reasons the video evidence if nothing else (sighs) let's go to the video comments I thought that was fun (laughs) <laughs> You've made me so
2: depressed <laughs> Callum, Sighing over there Like Look at how bad our economy is Even our astronauts Are getting paid A pittance uh, And here I am I can't afford to Own a car or a house It's less than half A US not afford astronaut. to start a family right. like, Why even work Let's move on One for Carl and Connor um, I saw you recently Went to Whitechapel That used to be My neck of the woods as well I lived in Bow And I went a few years back Just walking down Whitechapel Road Meeting a friend And uh, there was this Sign on the side of the road by a news agent, an advert for toothpaste. And it has this girl sitting there, sort of smiling in the advert, as you do. And her hair had been completely coloured in black. Her mouth had been covered up, coloured in black, and whore written across the bottom of it. All around me, all Islamic shops, it's a completely transformed place.
0: That's a weird dichotomy.
2: Yeah, I've been to Whitechapel relatively recently, and it was actually scary being there. You know, I'm not um, that much of a worse you know, maybe a little bit, but I've been to Dangerous Places before and it just had this vibe of, wow, this feels very different to Britain. This feels edgy and scary. I've not been Whitechapel, but I had
1: very similar feelings whenever I've been to Brixton to see gigs because...
2: I was there as well that same weekend.
1: Oh, were you? Did you get a similar feeling there as well?
2: Well, I, I went to a, like a, an indie rock gig, so it was a bit of a different crowd. Well, still, if you get far enough away
1: from the, the venues when you're still in Brixton, it really starts to feel dodgy there. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just the case for lots of boroughs. In, I think
2: uh, I was probably by that point too drunk to notice. Go <laughs> the next one.
4: So it seems that the
1: video comments from Thursday were also played with the video comments from Friday. That's why you had two videos of Cooper, one of which referring to a video in the same lineup. Not gonna complain, cause my joke suggestion for the piano got a laugh out of Connor. Also, Connor, the glasses don't make you look like Potter. If anything, you're more of we a do. Father Anderson from Helsing. Harry, you gotta show it to him. There are two Coopers. I've not, Sorry, I've not actually watched <laughs> Helsing. And don't you start throwing Twin Peaks references at me right now. It's like catnip. Too, I, I, it? I do kind of have a bit of a Bob look going at the moment. <laughs>
2: All right, there's got to written, written comments. comments. <sighs> I need to get them up first, don't I? I'm looking at the chat um, instead. Okay, there are some general comments.
1: It's filled with General Briggs.
2: Uh, <laughs> Andrew Narog swearing on the podcast, banned for children's health. Yeah, naughty, naughty.
1: Probably for the- Back it was- off. It wasn't me, it was
2: him. <laughs> you're, you're a very naughty boy, Callum.
0: Yeah, what's, what's going to happen? Our monetization will get taken away? going to flick your <laughs> ear.
2: Cole's going to corporal punish you. Yeah. I'm going to force you to smoke that entire vape in one go gonna record it and put it on the internet and shame you yeah yeah i didn't want to
1: do so what he's got girly lungs i didn't want to do what him cough.
2: cough tom scott did
0: you seen his no yes yeah, hilarious tom scott decided to do this massive drag of the vape before talking about them and he just he just actually dies so they had to cut the clip
2: <laughs> his voice goes really funny first he goes <laughs>
0: <laughs> his eyes bulge out <laughs> i'm gonna look at
1: that one like the bro he can't he can't breathe
2: mm. so Wait, so uh,
1: Tom Scott or Tom Scott? I'll get it for you. Tom Scott. Oh, okay. Don't know who Tom
2: Scott is. I'm not terminally online, no. You are not very educated. Work on, a, uh, on an online business, talking about online things. Nine I mean. to five, and when I'm out of the office, I'm touching grass. I go back to the 19th century.
1: <laughs> Doing nothing else. I, I, just, I, I just fondle around. the grass. <laughs> I walk around. I've got a terrible hunch from it. Just, <laughs>
2: Good Harry grass. would actually be seven foot if you didn't hunch over touching <laughs> the grass all the time. So
0: I've sent you a John so we can load it up to uh, educate Harry. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're watching it now. Good. Yeah.
2: it know. Shall I read some of the other comments while John's loading yeah, it yeah. up? Uh, that Texas gal says immediately off the rails must be Callum, Josh and Harry and uh, someone online Callum learns about peer pressure. Yeah, that was... Okay. This was actually Callum's idea. The, yeah, I thought it was funny. Thing. Yeah. So it wasn't even us. We're not being the, the naughty older kids.
0: himself peer pressure on YouTube.
2: Yeah. It's, Let's enjoy this. All right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he was trying to do something about copyright and, and
1: did that for an opening shot. It, that was you <laughs> your first
2: drag, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. So, Alex Ogle, this is quite a long one. Um, the main uh, constituent in vapes is... Uh, Propane glycol, um, propylene glycol. I think I pronounced that correctly. It is largely harmless and is an excellent um, retarder for water-based airbrush paint. It is the element that creates the great white plumes when you exhale. Um, The problem, as with everything, is dose. Young have a tendency to um, take huge clouds of vapor and try to blow rings and create other novel effects. Um, Prophylene glycol can deposit on your lungs and cause irritation leading to breathing complications. This is more common in children who don't, do not know how to moderate their behavior. Dose is key. It's very true. I mean, you could apply the same sort of thing to alcohol where you can die from drinking alcohol. I've drank alcohol a lot. I am not dead. Therefore, there is a, a, an effective dose.
0: And we also talk about the fact that like, children are getting hold of babes. It's like, I'm sorry,
2: does anyone
1: stick to the legal drinking age in this country? I didn't. No, of Everybody
0: course, nobody bloody does.
1: Bollocks. I've I've looked this same age for about fifteen years. I de- I definitely <laughs> did not stick to the legal drinking age.
2: <laughs> you aged, but then you've a- aged well into your aging.
1: Yeah, I I basically stopped aging when I turned fifteen.
2: I'm starting to get a few wrinkles now. I think it's catching up with me. The Wigan survivalist, um, as someone who um, used to smoke and vape, the only thing I would argue a vape is worse than a cigarette is I would have a cigarette every two hours or so, but with a vape, I was puffing it like a pacifier every two seconds and I noticed a lot of other people doing the same. I think it's because with a cigarette, you can be stinky and it's like a social um, disincentive because you don't want to smell like cigarette, whereas a vape, you smell like fruit, which is not nearly as bad. At least if you're sort of out and about. And also you have to get up and go outside so you're not stinky. Hang on a minute. What, what, are, you, what are you looking at here, Callum? Why not give it to Hampton? One hour of silence occasionally broken up by Hampton. S-
1: I just want to see what it was. Did you, <laughs> s- did you skip to one of the timestamps? No, let's turn it on. I'll tell you what we can do. What, what, Harry, would you like to read some of your comments?
2: I'm curious about Hampton now. But it's one hour of silence. No, so it's not. It's not. Ages.
1: Every so often, go down to the timestamp. I got This I is it.
2: how they get you, and then you'll sit there for an hour listening I'm not, to silence. I'm not
1: asking for an hour of silence. I'm asking Callum to go to one of the timestamps so we can understand what Hampton does. I think it's more fun if we organically play it.
2: Or just in the background.
1: Yeah. All right, okay, okay then uh California refugee v pointed out one article mentioning the farmer protests everywhere they called it agricultural populism expect to see that more because heaven forbid we allow those nasty kulaks to own the farms and not the government well yeah that's that's the thing in about 40 years time if we're still under the same regime leadership and it's just switched to you know people with different names but the same the exact same people really um then populism will probably be under a, some kind of propaganda campaign to make it sound Uh, to replace fascism, essentially. They will use it interchangeably. Thomas Howell, populism isn't that popular. Anarcho-localism and remoralization is the key. I don't really know exactly what you mean by that. If you mean local communities and people need to have morals, I agree, but you need to get the elites out of the way first to be able to do that, because the elites don't want you to be able to live a moral local life. They want you uh, fat and addicted to pornography. Grant Gibson, don't forget Andrew Neil lives in continental Europe now. And that's why he's afraid South of, of France, isn't top populist. So, oh, no, if Marine Le Pen gets in charge, she might make me, I don't know, buy a treadmill or something, lose some bloody weight. Kevin Fox, how to make populism work for the people. All politicians get paid the average national wage and 10% on, on uh, and expenses limited to 75% of their income. Politicians' wage. Can increase dependent upon their counted votes. For every 1,000 votes they beat their nearest opponent by, the basic wage rises by one percent. Politicians cannot have a, this. Is all very complicated. I say absolute monarchy. Joshua BB. <laughs> I am more. It might be the easy answers people were talking about. <laughs> I am more and more convinced that the world will be more violent, but ultimately a better place once the boomers move on to the great unknown. Joshua advocating the day of the pillow there they are the most what? out of touch You'll, you don't need to worry about that they're the most out of touch with reality generation I can imagine and they have been their whole life <laughs> your mimicry your mind work is incredible there um, uh, as, as callous as it can be for some people to uh, hear yeah Josh I do, I do agree um, that the leaders that we have in charge are boomers or people who have been inculcated into the boomer worldview. so it, that is a problem Rich, Rick Archer, ending the lobbyist industry would go a long way to fixing a lot of problems with the pay-to-play mindset going into, on in politics today and then bringing back the noose for high-treason. Definitely agree with that last bit. Lobbyists and NGOs all just need to be destroyed. Non-violently, but destroyed. And that would solve a liquidated. lot of problems. Yeah, they need to
2: be liquidated. That's a, uh, that sounds even worse. Uh, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, you have the liquidation of the Kulaks in the, the Soviet Union. Yeah, nothing the bad term ever happened to
1: them. Yeah, <laughs> they got killed or <laughs> deported to Siberia. I, I
2: retract my statement.
1: Well, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's go to your comments. Sure. Alrighty. Do you know where they are? Um, nope. Do you me know, know where, you where you are? What day it is?
2: Um, okay. No, he, doesn't, actually, he definitely doesn't know what bad day question.
1: it is.
0: <laughs> Do you know what your name is? Silly boy. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Narog says... The idea of unpaid volunteer foreign police officers is absolutely baffling to me. Next time we'll
1: be mercenary armies. Mm. Remember that Aristotle yeah. pointed out that a, a tyrant will surround <laughs> himself. <laughs> <Is> that-, <laughs> that was just a person speaking. That was rubbish. That was crap. <laughs> that was not worth the wait. Yeah. And that, is, that interrupted Aristotle, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Stop- Aristotle, to finish my point, pointed out that... Uh, tyrants surround themselves with foreign mercenaries instead of their own citizens. Yeah. That's, um, that's where we live, too.
0: Robert Longshaw says, Budget Belle Delphine in police cosplay has entered the chat. You know what? That's actually a funny video idea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just cosplay as a police officer. No,
0: but she could sign up. She's British. Well, you don't need to be British. What am I talking about? She could sign up, get the whole thing done. I mean, they can't kick her off for being a prostitute. I
2: bet quite a few men would want to be put in handcuffs by her as well. Imagine Belle imagine Delphine single-handedly Gosh. cleans up the streets of London. <laughs> all the road men, all the people in balaclavas with the zombie knives. They're just like, you know what, love? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they were talk like that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. You know how they'd talk. madman. <laughs> man, yeah. Like um,
0: we're out of time. So if, if you'd like more, um, Hamster, um, <laughs> or just go to the website, either one. And, you want um, more
2: non-sequiturs. Um, yeah,
0: and the police. come and Come and take it. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you and goodbye.